Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. There is a number of people that are under the sound of my voice, whether it be online, and you get a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is God gives you knowledge about something that you wouldn't normally have. That happens here. The gifts are in operation here. We long contend and believe for that because one touch from God in your life will never, ever, ever be the same. Going to preach the word, can't hardly wait. Got a sizzling word from the Lord. There's some people here that you you really, it's almost like you're thread-born. It's like, it's like a tire that would maybe be out of balance and you didn't notice it, and then it wears down, and before you know it, you know, you're going inside and you look at your tire, and it's all threads on one side. You didn't realize that, you know, you hit a curb or something was off, and you got to replace that tire. You feel like you're about to have a blowout. You're here. You feel like you're about to have a blowout. This message will burn hope into your heart. You've come and you're hurting and you're broken and you're in need of encouragement and strength. You have come to the right place. You've come to the right place. If you're struggling and you're, and you're worried, if you're walking in victory, I'm going to throw another log on the fire and you're going to burn just a little bit brighter. I don't know where you're at in your walk with the Lord, but I'm telling you, you've come to the right place. Lift your hands to heaven. Come on and just call on his name for a moment. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We worship and bless you. We praise and exalt you. In the name of Jesus. Kelly family, would you stand? Pastors and ministers, would you come around them? Let's pray. Pastor Karen, lead us. So Forrest is going to uh, work out of town for five to six months or something like that, right? So we just want to pray for them and send you out and bless you. So let's just stretch our hands out towards the Kellys right now. Father, we thank you for them. Lord, your faithful servants, God, faithful in the house of the Lord. And God, we just pray for Forrest that even as he goes to work, Lord, that you would prosper him in every single way. Lord, I pray and thank you even for favor that rests upon him. Lord, just because he's your son and you love him, I pray, God, that, that his, his name would go to the top of the list, that he would get promoted. I pray for great favor and blessings to be upon him as he goes. I pray, Lord, that there would be other people that are filled with your spirit, that love you, that would gather together and connect there, and that they would uh, continue to study your word and just be full of the fire of the Holy Ghost even together, encouraging one another. And I pray, oh God, for Ashley as she's home, guarding with the stuff, staying home with the stuff, with the children and the children, God, that you would just come upon them with a special grace while they're not together, a special grace to be upon them. Bless them, meet every single need that they have, and we entrust Forrest into your hands. And we'll see you soon, brother, in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. Jesus' name, amen. We agree. May the time pass fast.
for your family and slow for us. Summer is here. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> no offense. May it be the dog days of summer. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Yeah, wow. All right. Hey, put your hands together for Jesus one more time. Okay. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 9. We're going to look at Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 13, and Acts chapter 16. I will repeat that. What an afternoon I've had. It would make sense that if God knit you together when you're in your mother's womb, that he has a plan for you. And of course, there's many scriptures for that. I do believe, actually, that God has a divine set of assignments for every single person. I have a profound sense of walking in a divine assignment. And if you would get me on any other day, I would say the same thing. But something stirred in me today where I realized that the cogs of the wheels of providence are turning in my life in a way that is beyond my understanding. I'm finding myself a part of a move of the Spirit of God, a small part. May it, it might very well just be a small part of I me. Mean, I don't know what measure. You know, man thinks like that. All we're supposed to do is just do the best that we can, serve him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, love the Lord our God, and, and be a deliverer of men. All we're supposed to do is just keep ourselves in the grace of God and continue to live a lifestyle of repentance and prayer. Keep your peace. Keep before the Lord. And it's a daily thing to walk with Him. Amen. And sometimes there's been, there's been days of drudgery where you're fighting through and other times tremendous times of breakthrough. I want to talk to you tonight about the divine plan of heaven. I want to talk to you tonight about the divine strategies of God. In a football game or a basketball game or a lacrosse game, in any sport, you have coaches and you have plays. Even in individual games that are scored corporately, like wrestling, it's individuals, but corporately there's a score for a team, or cross country, or track. So you might be on the track, you know, the track field with somebody, and, and you could win, but your whole team could lose. There's a strategy on how to win every single game. There's a strategy. People go to schools like West Point to learn strategies for battle. When you look in Scripture, you will see God's purposes being brought about like an unseen hand come upon a leader and then him just lead them and guide them and direct them. Even the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Now, and we are beneficiaries of walking in what I believe to be a supernatural divine strategy from heaven. There is no way that you can do the things that are happening even as I'm speaking to you now. There is no way for those things to happen in the natural. In fact, they defy logic and they defy reason. 
Reason is the guillotine of faith. He takes the foolish things of the world. There's not, there's not many wise among you, not, not many intellectuals among you. He takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. We read the story, Acts 9, go to verse 10. We read the, the, the story of Balaam and Balak and that donkey today. It was absolutely divine guidance from the Lord to me. And we laughed as God opened the mouth, Pastor Kirsten reading in morning prayer, God opening the mouth of a donkey. And the donkey talking to the false prophet. And the donkey says to him, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a conversation. I mean, go read it. It's like something out of a movie, but it actually happened. The donkey didn't want to get slain by the angel of the Lord, and he tries to stop his master. Lift your hands to heaven and say, Oh God, release the, the strategy of heaven in my life. Amen. So if he, he knits you together and he knows the plans that he has for you and he leads and guides and directs you and he calls you to will and act according to his good purpose, he's got a strategy. He's got a plan. And it's not just, it's not some flunky plan that hope it's going to work. No, his plans work. His strategies work. Over and over and over and over and over again, every man of God, every woman of God that obeyed the plan of God brought about the kingdom of God in unusual ways and received their dead back to life and saw the, the Red Sea part and Lazarus coming forth from the grave and the fish that had the coin for taxes. God can do anything through anybody who's willing to obey him and walk in his purposes and his plan. But I'll tell you, in my life, I've gotten off the center a couple times. I'm just so grateful for the Lord who helps me stay on center and for a for a band of brothers that are around me, keeping, helping me to remain accountable, and especially my beautiful wife, Pastor Karen. Acts chapter 9. Let's stand for the reading of the word. If you're not able to stand because you're sitting in your car, stand up on the inside. Acts chapter 9. And I want you to find verse 10. Now there's a believer in Damascus named Ananias. This is it. New Living Translation. The Lord spoke to him in a vision. In a what? In a vision. Calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man of Tarsus, man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias. So Ananias has a vision of, an of a man named Paul who's had a vision of a man named Ananias coming and laying his hands on him so that he can see again. But Lord, he exclaimed, he's a Christian killer. Go down to verse 15. Go for Saul is my chosen. He, so he argues with the Lord a little bit. It's okay to ask him questions. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but, 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 but. yeah no, go. Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and kings as well as the people of Israel and I'll show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went, found Saul, laid his hands on him. 
said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me. He's like, your name must be Ananias. I think that's probably what his next thought is. Okay, verse 18, instantly, something like scales fell from his eyes. I'm gonna let you be seated, but let's pray. Father, move in power, amen. You may be seated. Go to Acts chapter 10. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius who was the captain of the Italian regiment. He was devout. He was what? Devout. God-fearing, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel, and the angel replied, your prayers and your gifts, your giving to the poor has come up, been received by God as an offering, as a memorial, another version says, verse 5. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household, he immediately obeys, because delayed obedience is disobedience. He calls two of his household servants, Devout soldier sends them on. The next day, Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town. Peter went up on a flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he has a vision which removes obstacles, allowing him to minister to Cornelius' home. Go to chapter 13, please, of the book of Acts. Chapter 13, verse 2. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord with fasting, the Holy Spirit said, the what? The Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called him. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them away. Go to Acts chapter 16, our final scripture in the main text that we're looking at, divine strategies of God. Acts 16, go to verse 9. That night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia. The northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Father, move in power. In Jesus' name, amen. God has a strategy, and you can see it in the book of Acts. And just like God had a strategy in the New Testament, God had strategies in the Old Testament. And many of those strategies were totally insane to the normal, natural, scientific, modeled mind. He would say to Jehoshaphat, yo, Joe, send the worshipers out, and, uh, and they're going to take care of everything, 2 Chronicles 20. And they get this prophetic word, send out the worshipers, and they go, and they basically win the battle. I'm, I'm simplifying a strategy. We're going to send out all the Levites to get slaughtered. No, when they went out and worshiped God, God inhabited the praise of his people, set what the King James calls ambushments, and what would normally have been a slaughter on the side of Israel, Israel being slaughtered, God slaughtered them, and God gave them the victory. Over and over and over and over in the Old Testament as well as in the New, God gives a strategy. So it would be... Uh, Simple for us, logical for us to conclude that he has a strategy for you and he has a strategy for us at Kings. 
He has a strategy. It would also be logical to conclude that the strategy he has is not logical. You think about Dunkirk. There's a movie recently about that in World War II, how they saved so many off of that beach. I think about George Washington trapped on the island of Brooklyn, where Brother Toby's from. And there is no way out for George Washington. You look at the, some of the, the real stories of the founding fathers and how God and his providence, they used words like providence. God and his divine wisdom would sweep in and intervene. And this is one of those stories. You can go look up the date. America was finished. England was going to trounce us. But they decided not to attack, and they waited. And that night, George Washington, who was a praying man, with all these little boats, brought everybody over the Delaware, except they weren't done in the morning. And as the sun was rising, they still had more men to move, and George Washington was on the Brooklyn side, being a good general, was going to go last. And a fog came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. This is what history says. And hid them while they went through the fog. And as soon as they were over to the other side of the Delaware, the fog lifted, and they're like, where, is, where are the rebel? Where are the Americans? Well, God has a strategy. I want you to say that. Say, raise your right hand to God and say, thank you for the strategy for my life. Go on, say it. Thank you for the strategy for my life. God will quicken your mind, and I, I, I believe that the Lord is doing that. I believe that the Lord is quickening the minds of people even tonight. Oh. <laughs> Wally, the Lord is coming upon you in a series of dreams over these next few weeks. And in those dreams, he's going to release a strategy. And it's not about our building. It's about what happens after the building. For there's a strategy for your life. The building's done. See, it is? Yeah, by faith, it's done. There's a strategy that's being released to you and your wife. And the Lord says, through that strategy, I'm going to renew your strength and, the, and your wife's strength like the eagles. And you are going to find yourself with fresh vitality, releasing and pouring into another generation of world changers. I see you taking missions teams again. It's not going to be like you're beating your head against a wall. There's going to be a fluidity and a flow of God's power and anointing. And even structurally, it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy for us. He's releasing strategy to you. He's quickening your mind. And you know what it is, Brother Wally, to have your mind quickened. Some of you aren't quite sure what that is. It's God comes on you and he, he shows you something. He he, he, he releases his strategy to you, and he does that. He does that, why? To bring about his purposes. God's a speaking God. In John 14, John 16, Jesus basically says, it's better for me to go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he'll be with you, the Spirit of truth, and he will lead you, and he will guide you. He will give you a strategy. In ancient times, God's people had to hear from prophets. We believe in the prophetic gift. I just used to just flow with the gift right now. 
We believe in the prophetic gift, but the truth is every single one of you don't need a priest. Every one of you is a priest. Every one of you can hear God's voice for himself. Everyone can, the sheep know and hear his voice, and God will release strategy for your marriage, strategy for your kids, strategy for your teenager. Hallelujah. Strategy for your business, strategy for a church, strategy for a nation. God will lease it. And how many of you know the devil's got strategies? Strategies to wipe out the economy. Strategies to shut down the church. Strategies to hinder the move of God. Strategies to kill, steal, and destroy. His games are the same. These four texts, Acts 9, Jesus reveals himself to Saul, hits him so hard, knocks the S off and puts a P on there. And his name is Paul now. Saul is his Hebrew name. Paul is his Greek name. He appears to Ananias and he gives him this vision. He says, go bring healing to Saul. He's a chosen vessel and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. God reveals a purpose. God reveals a strategy to Saul who's later called Paul. In Acts 10, Gentiles are reached through this leader of the Jewish church. You wouldn't think so, but Peter... Never eaten anything that I wasn't supposed to eat, Peter. The strategy is given to Peter. It breaks all cultural molds. Even breaks the law. It says, don't, 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 don't call unclean what I call clean. And, and he's like, oh, snap. Okay, the, game's, the game has changed. And a church has started in... in uh, in the church, the, the church is, is touched. The Gentiles are added to the church, pardon me. God prepares Peter's heart. Go to the Gentile home. God pours out his spirit on the Gentiles, just like in Acts 2. Amazing. God pours out his spirit on the Gentiles. In Acts 13, a church is started in Antioch to reach out to Gentiles. Barnabas gets Saul to come help the work of God in Antioch, comes to help, comes to pick up Saul out of Antioch to help the work. All by strategy. The apostles and spirit-filled people just don't do things because it makes sense. We do things based on faith. And I will tell you that the church around the world has been brought to impotency and brought, brought to its knees because of a secular humanist mindset that says it has to be one, two, and three. That's great for the scientific model. It is never the fact in Scripture. It's just not the way it is. Who would take a donkey like us? Oh, oh, who would use you? The Lord. The Lord would. Acts 16. Saul takes his Greek name, Paul. And the Holy Spirit would not allow Paul and his companions to go through Asia or a place called Bithynia. Listen, God doesn't just bless whatever you want. God just doesn't put his stamp on you because you showed up and said Jesus or something. God doesn't put his stamp on you because you're just filled with the Spirit. Please understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying the stamp or the seal of salvation. I'm not saying the Arabon of the Spirit. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in life, there's a strategy. There's a strategy for the divine assignment for your life. Absolutely. That's the one that you want. And I'm going to tell you how to find it and walk in it. And if you'll do that, if you'll do that, it'll change your life. 
We talked last week about Acts 19 and a revival that took place and how the seven sons of Sceva became the first streakers in the Bible and they went about naked and bleeding because they tried to cast out a devil by using like Jesus like a lucky rabbit foot. They had no relationship with Jesus. They had, they had no intimacy with Jesus. They were just out there trying to do the work that they saw the church doing. And the demon says, Jesus we know, Paul we heard about, who in the are you? And they jump on him and beat the fool out of him and they run away and fear falls on the church. And they realize, hey, wait a second, you mean I can't keep my lucky, I can't keep my lucky charms? And I'm not talking about cereal. I can't keep my magic scrolls and keep serving God? Why? Do you mean I have to stop looking at pornography if I'm really gonna love Jesus? Hello? And they're convicted that their mixture walk was very dangerous. You know, my house, we're, my wife and I are pretty intense. And, uh, you know, you pray for our kids because, you know, it's, it's been intense being raised in our home because, because God snatched me like a stick out of the fire, hardcore lost, broken. And you should have seen Pastor Karen say, my testimony is extreme. Hers is another level altogether. <laughs> Following gurus. You know, their leader channeling some ancient spirit. Yeah, I really wasn't all that bad. That, that, was, that was bad. <laughs> and so what I found, what I found in my life, what I found in my life, and, my, and we've talked about it in our home, I'm very intense. I am black. It's because you're prophetic. That's why you're black and white. Listen, I see it in Scripture, man. Don't call holy what is profane. And this mixture thing, you think you can just snap, snap your friends and show all kinds of pictures of this and that and think it's all right? You think you can have your magic scrolls, your lucky charms, your rabbit foot and, and, and have heart adultery with the woman at work but still be married and flirt and do all kinds? Listen, I know better because I got brought out of a pit I got snatched like a stick from the fire. So to me, when the Lord set me free, it's very black and white. I have had the veil moved. If you, for a moment tonight, had the veil moved back from your life and you could see the demonic battle for you and your children, you would change the way that you live. You would pray differently. And you wouldn't just be like, well, that's just, it's okay. It's just a phone. Little do you know that there's demons behind that. You're opening doors. When you, when you yoke with someone who doesn't have their life right and the effect of that and the defilement that can come on you, you say, Pastor, you're freaking me out. Good! I'm telling you, God has a strategy which you'll be cut off from if you have a mixture of magic scrolls in your life. The church had fear. Acts 19, and they burned those things and a revival ensued the greatest revival in all the New Testament, the revival in Ephesus. We are absolutely poised for a revival. Paul wants to go to Bithynia, to Asia, and the Holy Spirit said no. How many of you know God says no? It's been 
times where I've wanted and pleaded with him to do things, and later on, years later, realized the wisdom in them, the fact that he didn't. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Some of you had that experience when you went to your high school reunion. And you saw Bubba. And you thought, oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You pleaded with God for you to have Bubba, but the Lord said no. And you see Bubba 20 years later, and you're like, look what the Lord has done. Yeah. Look what. Sometimes I thank God for an unanswered prayer. Truth is, it's not unanswered. The answer was no. Yes, no, wait. He always answers. It's either of those three. Let's have a praise break. So God says no, and then he has a vision. He has a strategy. He releases a vision to Paul, and he concludes from that that he's supposed to go to Macedonia. Now, if you study the scriptures, you'll realize that at that exact time, Peter is in Bithynia, the very place that Paul wanted to go. At the exact time, Paul wanted to be there. They didn't have Snapchat, Instagram. And they didn't have an F-gram either or whatever it is. A Finsta. <laughs> That's a false Instagram. Anyway, they didn't have any of that. They didn't have text. They didn't have email. They didn't have cell phones. What is a Finsta? Is that how you say it? Yeah? How many of you know what Instagram is? Well, there's a thing called a F Insta, which is where usually people hide and put their nasty stuff on so that they can do things on that. This is my Insta. This is my nasty. Okay, two different. I know, no one here. Not here at King's. We're holy. Okay. We see God as a master strategist. I, uh, when I was in college preparatory schools, an all-boys school, and um, I had this great teacher. Her name was Mrs. Neeland. And uh, she taught me what was called back then language retraining. I reversed my letters and did all kinds of stuff. It's a miracle I can read now. And uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I don't spell too well, but I have a staff that'll do that for me. Somebody say hallelujah. Listen, don't be limited by the fact that you can't spell or you can't do something else. You can do other things. And so I do the other things, and we have other people that have those gifts. I don't have those gifts. I got some other gifts. And so Mrs. Neeland discovered that I liked playing chess, and she said, you know, you know, Daniel... We don't have a chess team right now at the school. We used to have one. Did you know if you started it, you could be the president? I thought, 
She said, it would be very good for your college transcripts to become the president of it. I said, so I just have to like, yeah, she said, yep, fill this paper out. I filled it out, and I became the president of the, of the Trinity Pauling Chess Club. <laughs> it had me and about five people in it, but it looked really good to schools when I was applying. But I love the game of chess. I still love the game of chess. And I studied, I used to look at the New York Times games and like try to follow it. I actually started getting decent at chess. It's a strategy. You got to have strategy. And some people can beat people in like five moves, you know. And I, I, I loved playing people never, never played chess before and I beat them in five moves. Checkmate. Oh, so sorry, I win. <laughs> God is a master strategist. Come on, God is a master strategist. So he calls Saul, who'd later be known as Paul, to reach the Gentiles. Who would ever think of that? A Christian killer. He sends Peter to minister to the Gentile home, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Who would ever come up with that? Not, not man. Man wouldn't come up with that. Who would come up with beat the devil with two sticks? Jesus hanging on a cross. Only God can think of these things. Paul's directed to Macedonia and would ultimately lead to more churches being planted than anybody else in the history of, of Christendom to that time. God knows us. Come on, say God knows me. God, God knows me. And he has a plan for you. He has a plan. He has a strategy for you. That's the one you want. We're at war. And we desperately need God's strategy. Getting God's strategy, getting this divine strategy of heaven for your life. Getting the divine strategy of heaven for your life. As I watch things unfold today, I just, I had moments of, of sheer elation where it's just like the power of God had just come over me like, I can't, I can hardly believe it. Seriously, God. Wow. Like, how, who could do this but God? It's like amazing. And I started thinking about how this strategy has unfolded just in our own church. Some of you don't, listen, the community has no clue. They just think that rich church on the hill is building another big church on the hill, and they're just building a church on the hill, all those rich people. Yeah, that's exactly right. Someone ought to say Amen. If you understand who's behind you, if you understand who you really work for, if you understand who's on your side, though it might seem like you're surrounded on every side, more are with us than are against us. If God be for us, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's able to provide. He's able to part the Red Sea. He's able to raise the dead. He's able to, ah, hey, he's able to heal the sick, set the captives free, deliver the addicted, and heal your marriage. He's able to call you and perform for you. Oh, he can do it. He's God. He's on the throne, and he has defeated hell, death, and the grave, and he's left you. He's allowed you and me. To be here now at this time in history 
to be a part of the greatest revival there has ever been. He has a strategy. Come on, say it. He has a strategy. Say it again. He has Yes, he does. He has a strategy. How do you get that? How do you get God's strategy? Well, you got to get born again first. You got to receive Jesus. Woo! That's the first thing. You'd be like Cornelius, who's devoted. I was talking to Jerry Whitaker today, who had spent time with Dr. Morocco for about 45 minutes. I've known Dr. Morocco basically since I got saved. His devotion is impressive. He's devoted. Most senior pastors of mega works, which ours is, but don't take any pride in it because it'll be thousands. It's only 300 right now. And we give God all the glory. But you, you talk to him. You look at, at his life. You see someone that's truly devoted. I mean, he's not punching any clock. We, we got we to slow him down or take, get, tell him to take a break. His wife has to tell him, you're not going to prayer today. And then he obeys, you know, because he needs rest. But he's so devoted, he's not going to stop for rest. So that's unhealthy. Well, it seems that we're all his kids serve God, and he's like super blessed. So it seems pretty good for him. So I think devotion is an amazing thing. I'm, you know, I believe in balance, that some people balance themselves right into a nullified job, nullified life that does nothing for God. Takes hard work at times. And Jerry was telling me, he is so devoted. And I talked with doctor earlier this morning, and I, I said something to him. The words came out of my mouth. Does anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You know when you're just talking, you're talking about the Lord, or you're praying, and words just come out of your mouth. And what came out of my mouth is, I just, I, I, I've, I've only got however many years left. I want to really put some points on the board for Jesus, man. He said, that's right, Daniel. You're getting older. I said, yeah, but I'm still a young man. Amen. Praise God. How devoted are you? You want God's strategy, but you're not devoted. If it rains, you don't go to church. Now, that's nobody here, obviously, because you're Alaskans. I'm talking to other people. What, what, can, what can move you out of serving the Lord? What is inconvenient for you? You know, these masks, my vocal cords are being healed even as we speak. Those masks were damaging my vocal cords. And I know what the mandate was. Well, got to wear a mask. I mean, what, the, what, what kind of nonsensical? I'm just saying, don't wear a mask unless you're sick. Don't wear a mask unless you're sick. Don't wear a mask unless you're sick. Wear a mask now. Everybody wear a mask. Wear a mask. And then certain kinds of masks are no good. And then you've got, you know, carbon monoxide or dioxide. Is it dioxide or monoxide? One of those two. Ask Wally later. He'll tell you. And then, and then I just heard about a runner, a runner that blew up his lung because he's running with a mask. So about a little, yeah, he was, had, was running with a mask on and it strained his lung and he popped a lung. And so my vocal cords were bothering me and we had these mandates and I'm praying, I'm like, Lord. And I just felt like the Lord said, um, you're hurting yourself. 
Uh, okay, mask is done. I was just wearing the mask to appease and try to show some honor. And we, honor's good. God has a strategy. To get that, you have to be devoted. And being devoted, you be like Cornelius, he was devoted. He prayed. I'm watching God bring about for us at King's Alaska and King's Cathedral and Chapels. So a whole nother set of miracles that have just been released. And I can't tell you all about that just yet. But I'm sitting there going, how does that happen? How does that happen? I'm not, I'm, 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 I don't even know what to say. And I just thought, Lord, and I, I saw, and I, I prayed it, the wheels of the cogs of providence that God's bringing about his plan. All you got to do is stay connected to the stinking wheel. You, he is the vine and we are the branches. Apart from him, you can do nothing. If you get separated from the branches, you ain't going to bring forth divine strategic fruit, you understand. So how do you stay? You be devoted. You keep yourself from sin. Some of you haven't figured it out yet. Some of you are still playing with mud pies in a slum when a holiday by the sea is offered to you, but you can't believe it. That's C.S. Lewis. She like, just want to put this little post on F, Fgram, F Insta, and then maybe I can get some likes and subdue some people. Sure is quiet in this Methodist church. God bless the Methodists. Unless they've ordained homosexuality and then they're in big trouble. I don't know if they have. It's a big thing right now. What are you talking about? I'm talking about divine strategy. We're in the midst of it. We're walking it out. And there's moments where it's pitch black. Listen, talk to anybody that's ever done anything for God. They'll always, always just say, you get a word from the Lord, you begin to move forward. And then there's the night of the midnight hour where you're like, where is that stinking light switch? And yet all you have is a word. And that darkness, it's like Abraham before the altar. And God's making covenant with him. He's going to come. And the birds of prey come to eat the, the sacrifice. And he has to shoo them away. That's exactly what, I, what we feels like at times when you're walking in divine strategy. Be devoted. Be in prayer. Be a giver. Keep your heart right. When you blow it, repent. I've had to repent so much in the last week. I don't know why it's not Pastor Karen more often, but it's me lately. And all the men said, Amen. If you haven't repented lately, you're probably backslidden. Because the Lord will put his finger on things and then he'll show you stuff and you're like, ah. He's like, yeah. Do, do you, you want to see the miracles? You want to walk with me? You want to stay devoted? You need to repent now. And then you repent. And, and like godly repentance, not crocodile tears. And you like pray and change. Believe God to change. That's what devotion is. How devoted are you? He prayed. Cornelius prayed. I'm telling you, history books are waiting to be written about a people who would live in devotion to him and be in constant communion with him and obey God even when it's insane. And the prophet says, send out the worshipers. Believe the prophets and prosper. Second Chronicles 2020. 2020 vision. Believe the prophets. Believe God's word. Believe his word. Seek God for strategy. Seek him for strategy. 
We've had to have a strategy for, for Hannah and her life. We had to have a strategy for Daniel and his life. My wife and I have had to have a strategy for our marriage. We have a strategy for the church. We, and honestly, most of the time, I feel like a little infant. I don't have the gifts. I don't have the talent. I don't have in the natural the ability to do what God called me to do. That's a perfect place to be. If you've ever felt insecure, that's an amazing place to be. I don't mean insecure in your walk with God, but I mean like insecure like how are you going to part the Red Sea? Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that. How do you raise a dead Jim? Susie? Bubba, Jethro, how do you raise? I don't know. Only God can raise the dead. I said only God can raise the dead. And that's what I mean by, you know, not, not being uh, secure in having all the abilities and the gifts and the talents. In that place, when we're weak, he's strong. And there's a strategy that God will release to you and your family that will not be released any other way. If you stay strong in your own mind, and please don't hear me the wrong way. In fact, if I say anything that sounds unbiblical, that's not what I meant. Do you remember the first, no, the third life group we had was at the Cross's home. And at the Cross's home, they, they, um, they were owners of a business. And I need to veil this just a little bit. Uh, they were owners of a business and they were selling the business. And they were selling the business to, to someone who was very near and dear to them. Like family. It wasn't family, it was like family. And all of a sudden the deal went south. And the person buying the portion of the business started grasping for more and the whole thing went upside and started and it ended up in a, it was like a lawsuit. And it was a heartbreak for them. I mean, can you imagine sowing 20 or 30 years into a business and you raise up like a spiritual son in the business to help you to take over and then take a part of it and he's gonna buy you out and you can move on to retirement, that kind of thing. Okay, it was like that. Except the son's like, oh no, I want more. That's not what I said. That's not what you said. And it ends up being one of these things. And in the midst of that, we were at their home in a life group. And they got the most astounding miracle. And I'll never forget what she said. They always went on this walk. They still go on the walk, the same walk. And as she's walking, the Lord spoke to her and said, walk backwards. So can you, does anybody do a walk around here? You walk, a particular walk. You know, I mean, I don't mean like... I mean, like you go somewhere, you know, you, you walk your neighborhood or, or something. Are you guys all right? Are you alive? You don't walk at all. You're on a treadmill. You don't do any exercise. You're a slug. Okay. Okay, great. All right, great. Well, what, there are people that go walking and running and exercising and stuff. So anyway, it's good for you. Exercise is of some value. Godliness is the value of all things. Minister Mike could jump on the keys for me. Let, rescue us. So they're doing this walk, and the Lord says, walk back, speaks to her and says, walk backwards. And so she's like, she turns around, and she begins to walk backwards. And the Lord says to her, that is exactly what I want you to do in the deal. I want you to do the opposite. Give him everything, bless him, let the whole thing go, and I'm going to take care of you. Well, that makes no sense. What kind of strategy is that? Lawyers would say you're insane. 
How much money are you giving up? That's not right. That's not righteous. So, so no, that's true. Uh, it, it's righteous because God's telling you, he's giving you a strategy. They did that without giving you all the details. And the Lord rained on them the blessing of God. Raise your hand if you want a strategy from God. And I'm here to tell you this. I want you to understand this. King's Cathedral and Chapels is in a divine strategy from God. And God is releasing unprecedented miracles that will astound all who witness. And as those unprecedented miracles are released, it'll release faith in the hearts of those who were second-guessing him. It'll release faith in your home to change your home and change your marriage and change your children. It'll release the power of God. I like that other chord first you change. I mean, go back to that intense one. God is releasing unprecedented miracles and strategy. We're walking, and I'm watching it unfold. And a series of things took place, and how it happened without the details, and the full testimony's not in. But it's already a miracle. I, I was bothered. Something was bothering me on a low-grade way. I had what I would call a shard of offense. Just something just, just. Uh, if you know Pastor Karen and I, we, we don't ha keep a short list of accounts. We don't have any accounts. We wipe them out every night. I don't, I don't have them. If I have a problem with you, you'll be the first one to know. It's not going to be on Facebook or Fgram. Wally knows that. Those that, are, those that we're working with, they, they know that. My leaders know that. I, if I have a problem with you, I'll, I'll, we'll be talking lovingly. And that's what I would like from, from others. It's called openness and integrity. There's no secret agenda. I don't have that in my marriage. I don't have that with my kids. I don't have that in this work. So I had something that bothered me. And so I, I could have brushed it off. But the Lord said, no, no, no. No, you need to deal with that head on. So I did. And in dealing with it head on, it brought a release of the grace of God, a domino effect of the blessing of God. And when it was, well, I mean, we're in the middle of it, but when I watched it happen, I just thought, what if I didn't obey him? What if I didn't respond? I'm, I'm telling you like, it was something that was bothering me, but it, it, it was like a flea on my shoulder. I could have easily been like, it ain't a big deal. And we would have moved on, and honestly, the Lord would do other things maybe. Then again, maybe it would have been our moment that we missed. See, some of you just blow stuff off. Keep your heart with all diligence. And so as I responded, I watched a series of favor and blessing, one after another, like dominoes, pop, 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 pop. And by the end of the day, I sat there and I went like, <laughs> and it all rolled back to a little conversation I had with Pastor Karen last night. And she said, well, better do something. I said, okay. I made the call last night, followed through on today, and it released divine providence and strategy. Be devoted to keep your heart right. Some of you, man, some of you don't get it.
desperately trying to get you to get it. Wake up to the divine strategies of heaven and intimacy with God. My, my, my walk with the Lord is more important to me than any of you. I love you. I will not sacrifice that for anybody. Not for my wife, not for anybody. And she feels the same way. That's why we have a good marriage. Oh, we fight. Oh, we passionately argue. Or, what's the right? No, that doesn't sound right. She said passionate fellowship. That doesn't sound right, sweetheart. We're not going to say that. <laughs> Raise your hands to heaven. Work things out. Some of you don't. Some of you don't talk. Some of you don't talk. Some of you don't share your fears and your struggles and your offenses. Some of you don't deal with that thing and you hide it. You hide it in your heart and you wonder where the power of God is. You're offended. You're not walking in strategy. You're all you're on stop because you're playing with your mud pies in a slum when a holiday by the sea. You can't even imagine. How to get the divine strategy. I, I'm, I'm done, almost. Be devoted, like Cornelius. Be a person of prayer, like Paul, like Cornelius, like Ananias. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Where do you get that? They had visions. They had visions that showed them things. Visions have spared my children from molestation. Visions have spared me from accidents. Visions have, we're, we're walking in one. Years ago, the way things were, were, were structured in our church, there's no way we could build a building that, would, that the Lord wanted to build in the way that it was structured. So I say to the Lord, Lord, you got to change this structure because I don't know how this is going to work. Like, this can't work like this, God. I go to a prophetic conference. Cindy Jacobs calls me out under the fire of the Holy Ghost and prophesies to me in it's Cindy Jacobs language, which is like, you said, she's screaming, my hair is blowing like this. Simultaneously, Pastor Karen is in Wasilla, Alaska, using her device while driving the truck that was illegal. Listen, maybe you're listening. I like picking on you, you're beautiful, sweetheart. She's listening to the service. I don't know if it was, probably wasn't video because that wouldn't have been bad. She's listening to the service. Okay, it was video. She was breaking the law. Oh. While she's listening to the prophetic word, Daniel, you said, if it doesn't change, I can't. She quotes the words I said to the Lord the week before and the night before the service. Quotes me. And the Lord says, I am going to help you. And the power of God hit me. As Dr. Morocco comes and lays hands on me and they declare this apostolic anointing over Alaska that we're going to plant churches and all this crazy stuff. I couldn't even, I had to go back to hear it. And I went down under the power of God and went to bed for 24 hours. That's the story. I, I like, I was supposed to be in a call out room. All of my stuff was canceled. I couldn't get out of bed. I was, I, honestly, I was sick. Like 24 hours, about 12, 12, 16 hours, very, very ill and under the power of God. And I don't know what that's all about other than I ate the scroll and it was bitter in my stomach. I mean, I think that's what it was. It was a kind of touch like, don't touch me like that again, God. 
please. Unless, of course, you want to, amen. Because <laughs> we're walking the fruit out. Right after that, the entire structure changes. Dr. Morocco gets a dream, vision, thing comes together. The whole thing begins to come together and the divine strategy begins to be released. And we're in the midst of it. Some of you don't understand that we war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in dark places. It takes divine strategy to release heaven and the earth. God wants to give it to you. You gotta pray. You've gotta be a giver. You've got to be faithful if he can't trust you with the little that you have. How in God's name will you be entrusted with true riches from heaven? If you can't be faithful with the tithe, you actually think you're going to receive the true riches of heaven and walk in a dimension of power and authority in the earth? You won't. Because you worship money. We should move on to the next point. Pray. Be somebody that prays. And be open to the Holy Spirit quickening your mind. And the Lord spoke to me that I am going to quicken minds for business, ministry, for school, for the mountains of influence in the nation. I'm raising up people who have been quickened by the Spirit of God in politics. The Lord says, I'm raising up people who've been quickened in the church, leaders in the church. I'm quickening fathers, I'm quickening mothers, I'm quickening children to divine assignment, to walk in devotion and prayer and generosity and not fear and to obey me at every turn and watch and see wonders, signs and wonders be released. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Powerful word. God's got a strategy for you. It might be to walk backwards. Ask God for revelation. A spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. Father, we stand before you as your people. Peculiar. I should say this also. Be open to counsel. Have some harebrained idea. And you have counselors around you that don't agree. Those that know you know your weaknesses. Wisdom and emotion, don't go off half-cocked. You ever heard that expression? Be in agreement. We don't do anything out of agreement. Never. Nothing out of agreement. If you're out of agreement in your home, you're, in, you're up a creek with no paddle. Got to have agreement. So, Father, we stand before you as your people, peculiar, unusual, called out of darkness into your marvelous light. And I pray what you said that you were going to do. I pray that now. Quicken minds. Awaken hearts. Quicken minds to the divine strategy of heaven over every home, over every business, over us as a company of people, over the church. You would show us what to do in the night. Release dreams like you did for Ananias. Release visions like you did for Peter. Open up our ears to hear the voice of the Lord that says, this is the way ye walk in it. We would not turn to the right or the left. A voice of another we would not listen to. We are your sheep and you are the, she the, the shepherd of the sheep. You are the chief shepherd and bishop of our soul. And we, God, ask you now, quicken our hearts, 
quicken our minds, quicken us, open our ears. Come on, tell them, open my ears, open my heart, release divine encounter. I was talking to somebody and saying, you know, it could be that the Lord's calling you so-and-so and such-and-such. Just make sure you have a divine encounter to confirm it. There's whence and sense. People that are sent have divine encounters with God. We don't send any other kind. Well, I think maybe that, no, well, you better think a little bit longer, pray a little bit longer, fast a little bit longer, because if you think maybe, maybe you should. No, you got to know, because the hound of hell will come after you, and you can stand and rebuke it if you know. If you don't know, you're a went. You went yourself. That's not good. God released divine strategy. Divine encounters and callings. I call forth missionaries. I call forth worship leaders and pastors and preachers and evangelists. I call forth the fivefold ministry. I call forth students to come into KSM. Lift your hands. Pastor Barry, lift your hands. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that you will finish the studies, but there's another place of revelation, the Lord says, that I'm bringing you to. I've wooed you in, even with the book of Revelation, and now I'm going to release to you that which you will see and write about, and it will mark even a generation. I've got books on the inside of you. Run the race, finish your education, and continue to study the scrolls and the parchments and watch and see what I will do. And I will bring those around you. And the assignment that you're on now is not the final assignment. It's an inter, it's an interim assignment. And you're going to remain faithful and you're going to follow through and then will come the next assignment for which you will follow through and see that fruit that you've longed for. Even, not that you won't have fruit now. Understand that this is not the final assignment. I'm saying it. KSM is not the final assignment. I have a place for you. I have a, 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 a candle, a lamp for you, says the Lord. And you will burn and you will shine and you will lead a people. And they will be turned from darkness to light. And I will raise up many even through you. And the assignment of the enemy that's been upon you to try to weary you and try to harm you and try to get you to throw in the towel is broken by the word of the Lord. And you will see my hand come now with increasing power of protection and provision and awakening. I am awakening those who were once those who were once awake have been fallen asleep and have gotten discouraged. I am awakening them again, says the Lord. And as you spread, spread forth your wings and point forth your finger in apostolic and prophetic unction, you'll see things change for even all of your children. And the power of God will come and you together will do ministry for the kingdom of God before his return, says the Lord. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and ask God for strategy. We ask you for strategy. We ask you for strategy. Come here. Quickly come right here. Let your fire come. There's just certain times when my hand's about to blow off of my wrist and it's on fire. I'm going to release it. Jam your Clovis. Amen. <laughs> Come on, we're going to close. 845. You can queue up Netflix later. Amen.
We will walk by, tell them, I will walk by divine strategy. Come on, tell them, I will walk by divine strategy. Say this, say, forgive me, Lord, for I've walked with a carnal mind. I look to you to reveal strategy to me. And I will obey. We will obey. That's how the kingdom's released. No other way. There's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For the first time. Or make a recommitment. And pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, fill and touch each and every heart. Baptize these afresh. In Jesus' name. P.S. I need to clarify. As I was leading people in prayer, I, I saw something regarding ministry in your family. There's a, there's a going in and a coming out for some. It's not like they'll just be there all the time. But they'll be a cohesive unit. Just like he showed you in the dreams. So it won't be traditional and that everybody's all in the church or that kind of thing, but they'll all be together in unity because Haggerty's serve the Lord. And there's a mantle. There's a mantle that's coming on you. It's just above you. I can see it just above you. I don't know all that that means. Thank you for the Haggerty's, God. Thank you for Minister Jan, Minister Barry, and for all of their children. Thank you for the call of God that was on his father, that's on him, that's on John, that's on Hope, that's on Bo, that's on Zach, that's on Erica. Of course, it's on Maley. I'm going to expand your family. And they're all called too. What a great word. Father, thank you for what you've done tonight. Come on, come on, give it up for Jesus. Yes! The kingdom of heaven is upon us. Walk in power. Walk in authority. Carol, lift your hands. That thing's coming, trying to come back on you. In the, in the time of, of, uh, of the hunker down or whatever you call quarantine, it's tried to come on you, you fought. It has not come on you, but it's harassed you. In the name of Jesus, I break the hold of that thing, that infirmity, that assignment. 
You're not going to lose your vision. Your hearing's not going to be lost again. You're not going to walk with a cane again. You will fulfill the plan of God. Holy Spirit, right now, fire, touch. Lay hands on her, Wally. Go for it. She won't mind. Right now. That's it. Boom. All right. Might as well break all the laws tonight. If you're offended at what's taking place here, Pastor Barry Haggerty's phone number is 907. Let's close. Father, thank you. Minister Barry, why don't you come and close us? Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you tonight that every word that you speak is sealed with a yes and amen. Every word you declare will go forth and accomplish everything you send it forth to do. It will not return void. We stand upon the promises of your word. And Lord, we declare right now a release of your spirit like never before over your people. God, go with us as we leave this place because we will never leave your presence. Thank you for your words preached tonight, Lord. Thank you for your words spoken tonight. Holy Spirit, seal every promise that they cannot be touched by the enemy. The enemy cannot come in and cause confusion over anything declared tonight because it's sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you praise, Lord. Come on, one more time. Just lift your voice and shout praise to the Lord. Hallelujah! All right. Thanks for being here tonight. Let me pray the blessing over you. All right. Uh, We'll pray this as you're dismissed. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence tonight. We pray, God, that you would cause your face to shine upon your people. You would lift up your countenance over your people. Oh, God, you would deal graciously with each and every one of us, and you would give us perfect peace in your name, Lord. Amen. Hey, uh, graduation Sunday, all graduates Sunday morning. We've got gifts for you. You, Do they need to register, uh, uh, Minister David? Graduates need to register? Okay, great. You know what to do. Youth ministry starts one week from tonight. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.